In our message last week, we gave our thoughts to the words of Isaiah 53 that describe for us that awful, awful suffering that Jesus endured as he was beaten by those Roman soldiers just before he was crucified. And from that beating, the scriptures describe for us how the Lord Jesus was then taken to that hill outside of the city called Golgotha, where he was crucified, and there he died on that cross. The sacrificed lamb of God, paying in full the debt for all of our sins and redeeming us eternally from our bondage to sin and to death and giving us eternal life in heaven with him. So much was taking place in those final hours and moments of Jesus' life that we can't imagine, we can't even begin to imagine their importance. All that he did that day was both a declaration and a promise. It was a declaration that our sins were forgiven. And it was a promise to us that by his stripes, he would never cease to heal every wound that our sins would inflict upon our souls. And remember, the sins that you will commit later on today, they have to be paid for back there on that cross and in that beating that the Lord Jesus took. Too many people these days want to think that the sins that they commit after they're saved are in some way free to them, and that's just not so. Somehow, the penalty reverberates all the way back there to that day. And so there, Jesus suffered at that beating stake, and he suffered then on the cross, and he died to pay for every one of these sins in full. But praise be to God, all the sufferings that he endured, and then his death on that cross, that was not the end of the story of his provision for us. Praise be to God. His blessed resurrection from the dead that he suffered was the crowning provision. His blessed resurrection was God's declaration to the world that he had accepted the propitiation that Jesus had made for us. And we're told in the book of Romans that it is by his resurrection that we are then justified. I confess that I don't understand all of that as well as I should. But there were so many things being accomplished in those three days. And now in this resurrection. Turn, if you will, and we'll read about his resurrection in our scripture passage for today. It comes from the book of Mark, chapter 16, and I'll read it for us. And if you'll listen to these precious words, beginning in verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint the Lord Jesus. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had just risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. 
You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him. Folks, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're told that the gospel, in its purest sense, is made up of three parts. Three parts, the death of the Lord Jesus, his burial, and his resurrection. In our teaching about the gospel, we usually spend most, all of the time, on that first part. His awful suffering and his death there on the cross. We spend very little time on his burial because that's far too mysterious for us to comprehend. Those intervening hours and days between the time that Jesus died there on the cross and the time that the stone was rolled away, that all holds secrets that only God knows about. It's not given to us in the scripture, so only he knows about what took place. But there were things that were being worked out between heaven and hell so that eternity could once again be made holy. And again, such things are too mysterious for our minds to comprehend. But through the eyes of faith, we can believe that it all really did take place. That in those intervening hours, in some mysterious way, Jesus paid every recompense for every sin that you and I will have ever committed during our entire lifetime here on this earth. And then that brings us to this third part of the gospel, the resurrection. The thing that Mary and the others discovered as they came near the tomb that morning. The thing that the angel spoke about when he said, you seek Jesus who was crucified, he is not here, he is risen. This resurrection, this third part of the gospel, is the part that I'd like for us to consider very carefully this morning because it holds mysteries that only God's Holy Spirit can explain to us. But before we do that, let me say again, and with certainty, that it is only as all three parts of this gospel work together that it's complete. It takes all three, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, to free our soul from its bondage to sin. One part does not work without the others. And I would invite you to study about that. Because again, too often we spend so much time with the Lord Jesus still on that cross. Our friends in the Catholic Church, they relive that every week in their masses. But he's not there anymore. And he's not in the tomb. He has risen. And his resurrection is so very, very important to us. Here in these words about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, God's declaring to us that life does not end at death and at burial. There will be, there must be a resurrection. Resurrection is that sure and that certain proof to us who believe that all that God has promised about our eternal life is true. Faith is described for us in these scriptures as our believing in that which is unseen. But knowing our frame, God knows that we also really do need some confirmations along the way to shore up our faith and to strengthen it. And the resurrection of Christ gives that kind of certainty to our faith. 
If he had not been resurrected, we would still be wondering if there really is something after we breathe our last. But folks, even though we know all of that about the resurrection of Christ, it still is a very curious, a very mysterious thing to us. Something that we, with our common sense conceptions about life and death, we're not able to easily comprehend it. It's probably simply because in all our days on this earth, we've never met and probably will never witness anyone or anything past the final breath of a person. Now, yes, we've heard these wonderful stories and reports that people have told about having these near-death experiences and about them seeing bright lights and such things as that. And they're convinced by that, that they had a glimpse into that next life. But for me, most of those reports are nearly always suspect. We simply know that a person, our loved one, has died. And we mourn, but then seeing that our loved one has no life remaining in them, we know that it is the best thing to do to put them into the ground. And then for us, except for our memories, that person is no more. But thankfully, God does not leave us without hope regarding those things. Praise be to God for that. Thankfully, He has put a deep yearning within our hearts, a yearning for there to be something more, more than just these few days that we have had with our dear loved one, more time to say all of those things that we failed to say to them while they were with us, more opportunities to love them, more opportunities to embrace them, to touch them. And as our minds ponder those things, we know also that we ourselves will someday pass into that unknown realm of death. That for us also, there must be something beyond just these few days of living and breathing and having our being here on this earth. And thanks be to God, there really is more. There really is more. And throughout these blessed scriptures, over and over again, God gives us very special assurances that there will with a certainty, be more, so much more, an eternity of more. Jesus spoke about those very words of assurance to us just before he went forward to suffer his own death on the cross. In John 14, he said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Death troubles us. The whole thought of our loved ones dying and then ourselves dying. They're troubling thoughts too often. And so Jesus gives this assurance. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, Jesus created you and me. And he knows about this uncertainty within our hearts. He knows how we fret and wonder and doubt. And that's why he not only made this and other promises about life beyond our days here on the earth. 
He continued to assure us through the teachings of his disciples, through the apostles, and then also in preaching such as this today. One of my favorite promises from the Lord Jesus is one that he made when he spoke to Martha about the death of her brother Lazarus. As she went out to meet him that day, he assured her that her brother would live again, not only in this life, but especially in the next. And he wanted to give Martha and also her sister Mary and you and me real proof and real assurance that he really could carry forward with his promise. And so he began there by resurrecting Lazarus from his death. But before he did that, he said these words to Martha. This is in John chapter 11. He said, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said these marvelous words. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this? Now in these words, Jesus declares that in him is life. Is life itself, the very essence of life. And in him is the resurrection. But please don't miss out on the one requirement that must be present for us to receive his life. It's that we must believe in him. Listen again to these words. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And please do note carefully that question. Do you believe this? Folks, please know that this question is far, far deeper in its meaning than these simple words can express. And also, please know that this question is not just being addressed to Martha. It's being addressed to you and to me. His question asks, do you believe that he, the Lord Jesus, is the very essence of resurrection and life itself? His words again, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Folks, for our loved ones who have Christ as their Savior, and for you and me, I am fully convinced from these words, shall never die, that when we breathe our last here in this life, we immediately breathe our next breath, immediately in paradise with the Lord Jesus. Death does not take place. Again, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And so he's asking her and us, do you believe that? Do you believe this, he said. Now, I know that these and other truths like them, they're mysterious. Too mysterious for our finite minds. But they are very, very real and true. And they will without fail, take place in your and my life. But again, Jesus does know our hearts and he understands our uncertainties and our doubts about all of these mysterious truths that he's talking about here. That's one of the reasons that he made sure that we saw evidence of his own resurrection. 
And it's recorded for us here. And yes, even with these words, many people still do doubt. And they have continuing questions. But this, His resurrection, is a beginning point for each of us. It's a foundation from which we can begin to believe and to trust. And that's what He asked of Martha. And that's what He asked of each of us. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Do you believe this? Folks, these words assure us that there really is more for us and for our loved ones after our last breath leaves our body. There really is yet another whole lifetime, an eternity that is still yet to be lived. But to have it, but to have that eternity with Christ He says to us, you must believe in me. And again, that's why Jesus gave us these words of Scripture, and especially these words about his own resurrection. Because it was here at the tomb that eternity really began for us. It was at those moments that eternity for you and me first began. Why do I say that? It was not really until that very special moment in time that mankind could begin to have eternal life at His resurrection. It was not until Christ had gone to the cross and He had died and He had paid the penalty for sin that new life, new life could actually begin. And it was in His resurrection that death itself was finally and completely defeated. He defeated death. And it was in His resurrection that our own resurrection then could be made sure. And no, I do not fully understand the words that I'm preaching to you. I wish I did. But by faith, I really do believe all of these words to be true. And I'm asking you to do that. I also especially love the truths about the resurrection that that are revealed to us in Romans chapter 6. I'd like for you to turn there because these are so important. And I'd like for you to place a note by them. As I read these words, they speak about not only the resurrection of of Christ, they also speak about your and my resurrection. They reveal also another very special mystery that's hidden within them. The mystery that our resurrected life actually begins now. It begins now in our living years. It doesn't wait for the day that we die. And it also, these words also reveal that in our resurrection this resurrected life that we have in the flesh, that we are being freed from all of the power and the control that sin has exercised over us all of these many years. These words assure us that if we are united with Christ in salvation, if we truly believe, as he said, and we receive him into our souls, then we shall also be united with him In his resurrection, even now in these living years. Listen to these words carefully. This is Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 3. He says, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That new life begins the moment we're saved. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, 
certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And knowing this, listen to this verse. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. He's telling us here that the moment that we receive Christ as our Savior, we have been set free from the power of sin. Now, I do recognize that these words here in Romans chapter 6, they can be deep and difficult to comprehend. But please know that within them is one of these most precious promises that we could ever hope for. The promise again is that in the resurrection of Christ, we also were resurrected with him in these living years with a whole new beginning for our life here on this earth long before we breathe our last. Let me say that again. Our eternal life and our resurrected life does not wait until our physical death and our resurrection at the end of time. It all begins now. It all begins now. Our resurrected life begins now. Jesus took all of the sins of the world upon himself. And he took them to the cross and into the grave. But when he came out of there resurrected, all of those sins were gone. All of those sins were gone from him. The same is true for you and me. It all begins now. All of our sins have been taken from us. Our resurrected life begins now. And as we're told here, the the crowning blessing is that we are no longer slaves to sin. By his death and his resurrection, Jesus defeated sin. And with his life living within us, sin and death has been completely defeated within us. What that means to you and me is that in our daily life, that we now truly do have the ability to say no to every temptation and to every sin that reaches out to control us. Because when the sun shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's a truth. That's a truth that you and I must believe. The really good part is that these living years are only a small part of eternity. These days are few and they are fleeting. The really best part is yet to come for us as we live forever in those mansions of glory in heaven. Do you ever ponder what those will be like? I do. I do. May we close with these precious words again from the Lord Jesus. First, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And then these precious words that he said to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Folks, let me stop there for a moment. Most of our idea of what Christianity is all about is us following a bunch of Christianly behaviors. I go to church, I pray, I believe in God, I treat my neighbors right. Folks, those are good things. But that's not what he's talking about here. It's not what he's talking about here. I am the resurrection and the life. This is Jesus personally. I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asks that question, and I ask it of you. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Let's pray.